0: So grateful that you're here. Welcome to the Recovery House of Worship. This is a unique and diverse community. People who come to the Recovery House of Worship uh, have slept in the park bench next door, or the uh, the penthouse across the street, and everything in between. You are in a unique and beautiful place. So I'm grateful that you're here. You're welcome to be here, whether you, like Evelyn, struggled with drugs for years and years and years and went through the extreme trauma of losing your children due to your um, sin. Or if you're here and you've been like, the, you're you're not the black sheep, you're the white sheep, right? Like you're perfect in your family and everybody loves you. Um, Whichever side of the street you fall on, we're grateful that you're here. And I'm glad, uh, that you've decided to worship with us. You're welcome, uh, amongst this congregation. So, so today we're gonna talk about judging, so I decided I should confess all of my judgmental, um, attitudes. And it's, I mean, I can, I am, I am a professional judger. I don't know if you know this. I'm, I should be on America's Got Talent, because I judge I judge recreationally, okay? I'm just hanging out, and I judge. Uh, I judge, like, um, like I judge about serious things, and I judge about not-so-serious things. I just, okay, give you an example. So I'm in the park. My wife, um, she goes, she goes, hey, you're coming home. It was Friday night. You're coming home? Me and the kids would love to go out. And, of course, I judged her for saying that. I was like, hey, don't you know how tired I am? But I was like, I kept, you know, I'm kissing. I know better than to say that. And so so she goes, well, all right, let's go to the park. I don't know if you know, Friday was like a really hot day. Did you know that Friday was a real hot day? The last place I wanted to be was at a park. And I had shorts on and I knew that the mosquitoes would eat me alive. So I went there judging my wife the whole way. She doesn't know how hard I work. Doesn't she know who I am? I need some rest. And like that whole deal. And so we went to the park. And we're we're there with all the... Now, I got five children, right? My oldest is 26, but my youngest is five. But did that illuminate me to have empathy for these parents? Not at all. I was judging every one of them. I was like, oh my gosh, your kid will be a serial murderer. Uh,
1: (laughs) The way you're parenting
0: him in this environment. If this is what parenting looks like for you, I feel very bad for your husband and your child. Because he'll have to deal with all this... So I'm there, and I'm judging people, right? And all the while, it never struck me that I was judging people. Never struck me. In fact, I had to go back into the study on Saturday to go, Oh dear, I think that was you. (laughs) It had not occurred to me. So I'm going to talk to today, to all you closet judgers, Who don't know that you're a judger. And who desperately need God to touch your heart. I mean, am I the only one here who judges recreationally? For some of us, for some of us, you go, I would never, oh those people in the park, I would never judge them, but it's easy. In fact, knee-jerk reaction for you to judge your children. And for others, It's easy to judge our spouse. They they just don't understand. It's easy to judge our bosses. They are just criminal and evil. And if I had that job, I would be a lot better than they would be. Or judge our parents. Or just judge. It's just, it's easy for us. It's natural for us. Now, God knows that, uh, the default, did you know, did you know that you could be a hot mess and you could judge other hot messes who are less of a hot mess than you more critically than you ever did yourself? Did you know that? Did you know that that's part of our nature? That that's what we do? God knows. God knows that in every one of us is an inner Simon Cowell <laughs> that in every one of us we look and we go oh yeah oh yeah and we give our determination and because God knows that about us because he knows that about us he says i want to i want to let you know something and and it's going to be hard to hear but i want you to listen to it because if you don't listen to what God is about to say, if you don't get the lesson that God is trying to teach us through His Word today, you're going to alienate. Listen to me. You're going to alienate your parents. You're going to alienate your spouse. Oh, you know that person that you love so much that you can't wait to get married? Yeah, you're going to be praying for divorce if you don't get the lesson that we're trying to teach today. Or that God's Word will teach you. So, the only thing that's at stake with today's lesson is your happiness and everybody else's around you's sanity. So pay attention. Because God has something serious to tell us. Another hard saying of Jesus. Throughout the summer, every time I'm up here, we're going to be going through another hard saying of Jesus. Now, it's interesting because the 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 first sentence of Jesus' heart saying is like pretty easy it's like in fact our culture totally receives it it's a part in fact the biggest sin did you know that the biggest sin in this culture is to judge someone I was literally I was literally jogging home yesterday and I have this what I think is a super cool tennis visor have you ever seen the tennis visors the ones without the hat? Huh? super cool but my kids remind me that it's not as cool as I think. And so I was literally gonna do like, you know, I was gonna, uh, put like a, you know, a silly Facebook quote, uh, post where, you know, I take a picture of myself. But then I thought, they will judge me on my visor. I will not give them the satisfaction. In fact, this is, this is such a sin in our society that we say things like this. We go, Don't judge me. Who are you to judge?
1: Only God
0: can judge me. We have phrases to defend ourselves from the judgment of others. Which is why what Jesus says on the outset looks like we agree with it and like we're good with it. But the fact is, is if we dig deeper into what Jesus says, it's very, very hard. And we need him for it. So, let's, let's look at the word. Jesus is uh, in Matthew chapter 7. He is on the Sermon on the Mount. Has anybody here ever heard of the Sermon on the Mount? Jesus is giving. What the Sermon on the Mount is, is kingdom etiquette. Jesus is speaking to us about how to live within the community of faith. Is that important? Absolutely. Because if we look at this text, thinking that Jesus is telling us about something outside of the community of faith, will misapply the text. No, 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 no. Jesus is asking us to look within the community of faith. So, he's talking... Let me tell you who he's talking to. He's talking to the people who would show up at a building on a corner on a Sunday morning, kind of early. He's talking to those kinds of people. He's talking to people who would come and usher other people into that building. You know who he's talking to? He's talking to the people who would play instruments and sing in front of congregations. You know who he's talking to? He's talking to the people sitting in your seat and the person wearing my shirt. He's talking to us. You want to listen in because he's going to say something really hard, but stick with him. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 6, we said that before, we will read together. Now, would you stand with me? We stand because God is so awesome. He's so wonderful. And His Word is so priceless that we just go, you know what God, we're going to give a full attention to what you have to say. So here's God's Word. You read it with me because it's... It's pretty profound. Now, it's six verses, so it might take us a minute and a half, but read it with me. I think it'll be good for all of us. On account count of three. One, two, three. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. Pause for a second. Right? Yeah. We're down with that, right? That is so good. Absolutely. I love this sermon already. Do not judge, unless you be judged. Take that to the bank, you bunch of critical churches. Let's keep on reading, though. 1, 2, 3, verse 2. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother... Let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet. And turn them to tear you to pieces. This is God's Word. Have a seat. Okay, so if you, if you thoughtfully read that, it's kind of confusing. Okay? Because here it is. The first verse and the last verse that we just read in this particular section, verse 6, feel very contradictory. Do they not? Like, Jesus goes, like, if we can read the first verse and then jump uh, to, the, to the last verse, here's what he's basically saying. He goes, don't judge, or you too will be judged, you bunch of pigs. <laughs> it reminds me of my brother, who one time, my brother was like the man of the house in our home, and I remember he told me, uh, he goes, there will be no effing cursing in this house. And he didn't use letters. It was hysterical. I was like, I, he was mad, so I wasn't going to contradict him. I was like, that's a very interesting way to get your point across. Uh, it feels like Jesus is doing the same thing here, isn't it? It feels like he's going, "Hey, don't judge, you bunch of dogs." It's like he's judging us while telling us, "Don't judge nobody." It's crazy. But if we look carefully, I think Jesus is saying something really powerful, and I'll try to make the connection between what he's saying in the last verse and what he's saying all throughout. Because basically, basically everything we're going to learn today is Jesus says, don't judge in the way society judges. That's basically what he's saying. Don't criticize in the way society criticizes. Don't criticize, don't judge, don't be critical in the way that the world is critical and judges. So let's go over what he says. Don't judge or you too will be judged. We get that. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, what Jesus is saying, remember, we're talking to kingdom people, we're talking to people who are in Christ. He's going, guys, do you want God's judgment on you in the same way you judge others? Now, here's the thing. If if you would make a service at 10 a.m. in the morning on a Sunday when you could be sleeping, you could be... you could be tempted to believe that you're one of the good folks. <laughs> that you're... you're. And think about this. You could have literally stopped using heroin last week, and you're judging the other heroin users because... You made it to Sunday service this week. I'm not like those other people in the house. I go to church. I love Jesus. Or, I'm, you, see, you see how crazy this is? It's so easy. He's saying, he's saying that there's a thing that harms your soul. And That the way you judge others, is this, is this what you're looking to? Do, do you want God to judge you in the way you judge others? Now, there's an interesting thing about judging others. I don't know about you, but I'll just talk about me. I judge others really critically, but give myself every excuse in the book not to feel about my sin. Are you like that? Uh, yeah. Not you, right? Nah. Psh, please. Why would I be like that? I'm the only one, I know. But let me further confess to you then. When you sin against me, there is no excuse for your sin. When I sin against you, there's nothing but excuse for my sin. It's just the way I flow. It's how I roll. Why? Why, 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 why? This is important. This is important. Because with me, I practice empathy. With you... I practice criticism. Jesus says, "Don't judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged." And again, he's, um, uh, Jesus is speaking about it's not the way you. He's not saying, "Oh, the way you judge others, others will judge you." No, no, no. The way you judge others, God will judge you. You're acting in a way that's not consistent with the gospel. You're acting like those who have not been forgiven. You're acting like the ones who are awaiting judgment. Don't judge. Why do you look at the speck? And now what Jesus is going to do, he's going to give us two little parables or two illustrations on why he shouldn't do that. Remember, everything we're going to talk about today is don't judge, right? Or don't judge in the way that society judges. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Why? I'll tell you why. Because if I look at the plank in my own eye, then I won't, then I'll actually want to change. I'll be convicted by my sin. I'll be moved to tears about how broken and devastated I am. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? Now, what Jesus is talking about, Jesus is actually using, if you don't think that Jesus is funny, this is, this is you don't get Hebrew humor. Right? <laughs> Jesus is using Hebrew humor to really communicate this incredible message. He's He's being ridiculous. He's going... You're walking around with a speck. You're walking around with a plank. We have a phrase for this. Has anybody ever judged you and you said something like this or thought something like this? Ain't that the pot calling the kettle black? That's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is, is, is ain't that the pot calling the kettle black? You, 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 you're seeing the speck. You're seeing the speck. How can you say to your brother, "Let me take the speck out of your own eye"? Now, when Jesus says in verse 3, why do you look? The word look is not like just see. It's like gaze or focus on. Do you understand the difference? That one is a concentrated look. You gaze, you focus on Whatever that person is doing that's either offending you or is not right or you know better or, you know, you're a grandmother and you, you know, you really got to tell your daughter how to raise her kid and you're a, you know, you're an addict and you really got to tell somebody else how to do their recovery or you're wealthy and you got to tell other people how to use their finances. And it's like, I get it. I get it. But what what he's saying is that there you stare, you gaze upon, you concentrate, you focus on the flaws of others. While ignoring the main, the major flaws in your own character and life, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your own eye? How could you do that? When all the time there is a plank in your own. And then he goes, you hypocrite. He says, you bad actor. That's what a hypocrite was. It generally wasn't a bad, if I call you a hypocrite now, <clears throat> you could be offended. And rightfully so. But a hypocrite, um, the way it was used in those days, it was a, a term for an actor. What, what, the actor would come up and he would take a mask. Maybe you've seen them in Halloween parties where it's like the mask and the stick. And so, and he would, it would be like a one-man show. And he would perform like one character and then walk off, put on another mask and be another character. He was a hypocrite. He was an Actor. Jesus is calling us bad actors. You're putting, and here's, here's the part. Remember when a hypocrite puts on a mask, he's playing the role of someone else. When you put on your judgmental mask, you are playing the role of God. You are saying, I know better than I can fix you, you, if you just took my suggestion you you're being a bad representation a bad actor you bad actor now what's important about this text it's going to what's important about the next uh part of this text is that it's going to put it in perspective jesus is not saying don't ever judge you have to how many parents do we have here any parents here There's like a few of you yeah listen to me don't you have to judge um, the kids that are hanging out with your kid? You're a bad parent if you don't. Like you have to. Like you have to use wisdom, right? Like God forbid your daughter's 17, right? And then you know the guy in the Harley Davidson and the leather jacket comes with the music blaring from his thing, "Born to Be Wild." <laughs> like. You must know you cannot pick my daughter up. And you might be, you might be like, a, a, like you might be a Nobel Prize, uh, you know, prize winning person, but you still ain't picking my daughter up. If that's what you like. And, and, and of course, that's, I'm being silly, but surely, right? You see, here's a guy, and it's like, oh my gosh, I could smell, uh oh, I smell a little bit of the herb on him. Just a little bit. Not too much. Just enough to get through the day. Like, he can go on the date, he just can't take my daughter. He can take me, but he can't take my daughter. right? That's a good judgment. Wouldn't you say that's a good judgment? Don't you wish some of yours, those of you who fell into addiction, don't you wish your parents were more discerning about the people that you hung out with and that they used that authority, right? Because we hurt as a result of that. Jesus is not saying, don't ever judge. If you ever judge, you're doing something wrong. No, he's saying, don't judge in the way the world. Leads you to judge. says, you hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck in your brother's eye. Do you see that? Do you see that? This is super important. Because Jesus is telling us. I wrote some notes here that I actually want to um, reflect on. Jesus is telling us that there is a a broken gospel reflection before there's a before there's a confrontation. So I tried to figure out how I can illustrate this to you guys. And so Jesus is basically saying, again, Hebrew humor, right? He's going like this, right? So here you are, right? And you're walking around And you're going, Betsy, I can't believe your speck. Oh my goodness. You know how silly you look with that speck on? You're just silly. Terrible. Thought you were a Christian. (laughs) And we walk around like this. It's, It's absurd. You see the humor now, right? It's absurd. It's ridiculous. I can't believe you didn't read your Bible. I can't believe you didn't pray. I can't believe. Bro, bro, are you kidding me? You look the fool. Oh, husbands, husbands, let me talk to you for a second. Husbands, how foolish you look when you go to your wife. And man, uh, the voice of experience is speaking right now. You go to your wife and you say, you know, we need to have more sex. We need to be more intimate. We need to." And your wife is looking at you and you're going, are you kidding me? <laughs> With the way you've been treating me this last week. You see how absurd this is? It's absurd. But this is what we do. So Jesus has not Now, now here's the thing. You think I'm the only one with the log? I gave every one of you your own log. Alright? Now, let's practice. Now, here's the deal. If you came in and you walked in, you should have received your own log, right? Okay. Now, watch Attacks to your own log is a massive speck. This really should be a tenth of the size. It's a tenth. Do you have it taped on there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is to remind you that whenever you're ready to confront somebody, there needs... Now, here's the thing. Here's here's what I want us to know. Today, this is the big idea for today. And uh, I want to make sure I said it right. Um, I want you to be able to judge in a gospel way. Okay? I want to judge in a gospel way. But now listen to me. We don't just need this with the people who are outside of this room. We need this for each other. This church needs you to be able to be a gospel-filled, humble, and broken confronter. Because if we don't, in this church, we will see people relapse. We will see people run away from God. We will see people squander their finances and you'll you'll have the, the, the terrible thing of saying, Oh, I knew it. You know, God forbid, right? That you're here and you you have a friend and they're dating somebody that you know is no good for them. And then you wait till that person is broken up and they broke their heart and all that other stuff. Could you believe what he did to me? Because yeah, I knew the whole time. Like, that's no friend. No, but I wasn't going to judge. No, 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 no you beloved. You're not being a good steward. We need each other. Listen to me. I need you. Because here's the thing about planks. They're clear to everybody else. But they're not obvious to me. My wife has actually confronted me on like massive planks that I... I respond to her so negatively, which by the way, we're going to go to in verse six. This is such... We hurt each other. When we have humility to say, I bet there's something that you need to tell me. I bet... If we really believe the gospel, and the gospel is, is that you're so broken, Jesus had to die for your sin. You're so sinful, Jesus had to die for your sin. But you're so loved that Jesus was glad to die for your sin. I need sort of gospel brokenness. That gospel humility. So here's what I want us to do. When we, as we go into verse 6, I want you, because Jesus is going to show us how to be good judges. Is that okay? You want to learn how to be a good judge and not a bad judge? Here's what i said. Tell the truth with tears. Tell the truth with tears. That's how you become. And Jesus is actually going to explain it. He actually already did in verse 5. You hypocrite. First, everybody let's say this first part. Three. First, take the plank out of your own eyes. Stop. Let's start there. So, this happens with me, right? My kids... I don't know about you, but I'm a globalizer. Do you globalize everything? Like if my son takes a pencil, like if he's five years old and he takes a pencil from school, I have him doing a 50 year bid and sing sing by the time he's twenty five. <laughs> like in my mind's eye, that's how I do it. I was like, if he takes this pencil down, then he'll never be you know, I, was like, I just go on like that. I'm just crazy like that. Again, I know I'm alone in doing that. But here's the deal. Whenever I'm whenever I you all amped up, my wife will come up to me about my kids. My wife will come up to me and she'll say this. She goes, why are you so like energized, amped up? You're taking this really hard. In other words, it's a signal to me to go, hey, is there a plank that you're avoiding here? Why are you getting so mad? There's a pause. We need the gospel. If we really believe, if we really believe that we are desperate sinners in need of God's grace, then there's nothing that we're going to confront others in that can't, God can't correct us in. So, let me tell you how it works in marriage. I'll try to give you a few illustrations to see if we can... Okay. So, my wife is there. And my wife, let's say, and this doesn't happen often, um, but my wife is being, let's say, disrespectful. Okay? I find my wife being disrespectful. Oh, that's disrespectful. And I look to my wife and I go, and I go, here's what I do. I go, (laughs) you disrespectful woman, have you not read Ephesians 5? Have you, and I get like real Christian, all of a sudden I can quote every text in the book, right? I go, did you not read Ephesians 5? You know what the Lord says about a wife should be, they should honor their husbands. What are you, what are you doing? You're being so, and, and my wife is looking at at me. Like, you are out of your mind. <laughs> now, let's take that same situation. Let's take that same situation and let's apply the gospel to it. My wife has just been disrespectful to me. Alright? Great. We, we rolled back the tape. She's being disrespectful to me. And go like this. God, is there any way that I've been disrespectful to you? Has there ever been any direction that you've given me that I haven't taken or disregarded? Is this the way you feel when I act this way? The pain that I now feel with my wife, with her uh, disrespect, is this the way you feel when I disrespect you? Then I get to weep over my own sin. Because what my wife is, a, she's no longer the biggest sinner in the room. Now she's an illustration for me to use to get deeper in the gospel, deeper in intimacy with Jesus. Do you see? First take the plank out of your own eye. Jesus, I didn't know I was that bad. I, I didn't know. And I can go to my wife and go, honey, I just, the Lord has revealed to me this terrible brokenness. And would you pray for me? And as God, as she prays for you, or as in in my case, right, keep to the illustration, as my wife is praying for me, going, God, please help me. And maybe not that moment. Maybe that moment I don't have the proper tears. But maybe in another moment I can go up and go, Honey, I know what it's like to be hurtful with my words. And I know what you said said is not nearly as hurtful with my words as I've been with Jesus. It's not nearly that bad. But I just want you to know they hurt me. Not trying to fix her. Not trying to. I'm. I'm broken. I'm. I'm a broken person telling another broken person about their brokenness. See, because I've addressed my own grievous sin, because I'm the worst sinner in the room, she doesn't get my contempt, and she doesn't get criticism. Does this make sense, guys? Do you understand how we need to allow the gospel to penetrate our own soul? This happens in a million different ways. When we see our children making bad decisions. Come here, let me tell you about some of the brokenness. How I've rebelled against my Heavenly Father. And how your rebellion against me hurts me. i just, I got to tell you, mine is far worse than yours. It's using the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Why? Because Jesus... Jesus, before, listen to me, before Jesus gave us the gospel, He took on the tears. And He took on the tears that weren't even His. Jesus came from heaven to earth to live the life that you should have lived but did not. And die the death that you deserve to die, but don't have to. He's the one who took on the tears. Even though it wasn't His sin, Jesus took on the tears and then said, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Beloved, he comes to you with tears. He says, perdónalo. No saben lo que están haciendo. (laughs) Forgive them. They have no idea what they're doing. Beloved, beloved, beloved. Tears. Tears. Tell them with tears. If you're not broken over your own sin, you're not ready to confront someone else's sin. Now, quickly, quickly, we have to finish. Okay, listen to me. Come close, because this is very, very important. Now, let me. Now, I've just spoken to you as individuals. Now, let me talk to the Recovery House of Worship, both church planting movement and congregation here in Brooklyn. Listen to me. This is very important. Whenever somebody confronts you, whenever somebody confronts you, I promise you, I promise you they'll do it badly. I promise you you'll be able to see their plank. I promise you, because nobody wants to be humble. Nobody wants to be broken. And so here's what I need you to do. Don't be a pig. Don't be a dog. See, what happens with pigs and dogs, now now we can get to... What people used to... What, what other commentators have said, which I, I humbly, I hope... I hope I'm humble about this. I disagree. I think they're way wrong. Some commentators have looked at this verse, verse six. Look at it really quickly. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw pearls, but, uh, do not throw your pearls to pigs. And so, commentators, what they say is this: They say some commentators what they say is this: They say um, basically, don't share the gospel with people who are too far gone. Now, they wouldn't say it like that, but that, that that's generally the way it goes out to. To which I would say, no. Don't do that. Share the gospel with people who are very far gone. Share the gospel with people who have gone all the way to the pigsty. And you just, you share the gospel, but here's the thing, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You have the potential to be a pig and a dog. In other words, here's what I mean by that. This is very, very important. The reason that the pig tramples on the pearl is because the pig can't see beauty the pig only sees practical value. So throw the pig a corn or a pearl. They kind of look similar to the pig, but the pig will eat the corn and trample on the pearl because the pig only sees what's practically necessary for Him. This, by the way, is how many of us live our Christian walk. Jesus, if you'll fix my marriage, I'm down with you. Jesus, if you'll get me off of heroin, I'm down with you. Jesus, if you keep me off of relapse, I'm down with you. Jesus, if you help to keep the weight off, I'm down with you. Jesus, if you do, if you give me what's practical, if you fix my wife, turn my kids around, change my job, give me money, if you do everything I ask, if you give me the corn that I'm asking for, I will be happy to hear whatever else you say. But Jesus is not like corn. He's like a pearl. He's beautiful. And he's beautiful for his own sake. And there's no practical value. And so what happens is, when I come up to you, and and here's how you act like a pig, I go, and I'm coming broken, and I'm, you know, and matter of fact, let's say I'm not coming broken. Let's say I'm coming all arrogant, exactly the way Jesus says, don't. Do it. And I'm coming at you. And you, you, what do you do? You trample. Uh, there's a, a bit of truth. Every Listen to me. Billy Graham, and he should know, he was criticized pretty deeply. Billy Graham, the, uh, the uh, evangelist who went around the world and shared the gospel with a bunch of people and died recently. Um, Billy Graham said he, turned, he learned to turn his critics into coaches. Isn't that good? No. He learned to turn his critics into coaches. So here's all the things that his critics would say to him. And 90% of it would be false and ridiculous. He learned to hone in on the 10%. You see, because I'm not a pig. We're not pigs. I don't care what you tell me. Whatever you tell me, there is something that I can learn from it. And if I come with that kind of posture, if I come with that kind of humility, if I come with that kind of broken brokenness, then I won't be a dog or a pig. Because quite frankly, Jesus only has broken people to alert you. To your sin. And so, listen, if someone confronts you on your marriage, don't respond like a pig and try to devour them. And here's how you devour them. You go, can you believe what they said to me? And everybody who you're telling is going, "Um, yeah, I think I can believe it. Um, That's exactly the problem. But they ain't telling you because you're trampling like a pig. You see... Recovery House of Worship, listen to me. We're going to need to be humble to receive that which God has for us. And if God is going to give us that which He has for us, He's going to use broken people to do it. He's going to use, listen to me, He's going to use nasty wives and fresh husbands. He's going to use prodigal children and overbearing parents. He's going to use, listen to me, He's going to use the person sitting right next to you. And if we're going to be the kind of church that glorifies Jesus, we're going to first have to go, okay, Jesus. And sometimes we have to do this internally. Okay, Jesus, this person is absolutely out of their mind. Please give me a humble spirit to hear anything that you have to say. Because I don't want to be a pig. So if, if you need to share with somebody about their issue, first address your plank. And second, if you need to receive, if God is sending someone your way to receive, don't be a pig. Go to the gospel. Go, Jesus, Jesus, you're using this person. And I receive it. As the musicians come up. So, alright, listen to me. This is a big deal. Some of you are here. And let me just... Okay, let me just... Let me play the part of a loving judge. Okay. there's nobody worse in this room than me I promise you I promise you I'm the worst person in this room and I don't care if you've been a school teacher who's never done anything wrong you have sinned against the holy God whenever you've done everything I know you call it mistakes not a mistake you know some of the stuff you've done lied to a friend taken what doesn't belong to you fudged the truth a bit listen to me that just doesn't go away Every one of us has guilt and shame that they walk around with. And Jesus, Jesus wants to take the guilt and shame on Himself. Jesus wants to attribute to Himself your guiltiness. And you can come to Him without without blame. You can come to Him without excuses. You can come to Him without bitterness and say, Jesus, would you forgive me? Forgive me how I treated that friend when we were teenagers, how I abandoned her. Forgive me for that. Forgive me for the sin I committed against my spouse. Forgive me. Forgive me how I treated my kids. Jesus forgives and he forgives with tears. He gives his life for you. So, let me, I'm playing the judge. You and I desperately need to go to Jesus. Won't you go to Jesus? Do not, do not say no to that. You need him. Now, can I ask you, don't play the role of a pig. Don't go, so what's in it for me? Oh, well, if I come to Jesus, I'll never use again. If I come to Jesus, my finances will go fine. If I come to Jesus, then I'll get that promotion. If I come to Jesus, my marriage will go well. My children will grow to old age. Everything with my health will be fine. If I go to Jesus, this pregnancy will be flawless. No, 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 no. If you go to Jesus, you'll have someone to go to when all those things don't happen so run to Jesus confess we say it's this simple A is as easy as A B C admit admit and agree with God admit that you're a sinner it's an old fashioned word and I know it's painful to hear but admit that you've not placed God as the forefront of your heart and mind admit that you've gone and done your own thing B That's A. That's B. A is admit. B is believe. Believe that Jesus died on the cross. He took on your judgment so you could take on His forgiveness. He he took on your judgment so you could take His righteousness. A, admit. B, believe. Believe that He'll not only forgive you, but that he'll, He'll live in you. And guide you. Send the Holy Spirit. And see. A, B, C. Admit, believe. Commit your body to Him. Say, my thoughts, my words, my body. Wherever you want me to go, I want to go. Wherever you want me to say, I want to say. Whatever you want me to think, I want to think. My life is yours. You be the boss of my body. So come to me. Now, in a few seconds, I'm going to ask you to stand as a declaration to your own heart that I want to admit that I'm a sinner, believe that Jesus died for me, commit my body to you. But those of you who are here, let's start being open to one another in the gospel, knowing that anything that anybody tells me in this congregation, I need to receive. Hey man, you're a liar. I need to receive that. God, is there any untruth in my life? Hey girl, you're going in the wrong direction. You're in relapse mode. You're selfish. Listen, being broken and hearing that from others. Not being like dogs or pigs, but receiving that which we need. So, like I said, in a few seconds, I'm going to ask those of you who want to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, if you've never received them before, you can now, and you can make a public declaration about it by standing up on a count of three. One, two, three. Stand if you want to receive Christ. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Wow. Wow. Oh. Wow. Great job. Great job, you guys. Wow. Great God. job. God. Awesome. 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 Now, now, stay standing for a second. Stay standing for a second. Listen to me. Listen to me. This we do together. You hear me? We do this together. So you don't do this on your own. We do this together if you came with somebody, start talking to them about Jesus and help them and and know that they're flawed and broken but you start walking this walk together we also I'll be in the back and I'll be waiting just to give you a hug and let me if you have that yellow card, fill it out give it to me give me the yellow card and fill out as much information as you feel comfortable with and we'll have someone in this church reach out to you so that we can do it together you got it? We walk in Christ, not alone. We walk together. That's what the church is about. Got it? All right, you guys can have a seat. Okay. Finally, for those of you who have been acting like pigs and dogs, nobody could tell you anything. Nobody could nobody can confront you out on anything. Every time, many times when people confront you, you're just like very defensive. And you need to just confess that and go, Jesus, I need the gospel. I need that gospel humility that says, I'm worse than whatever they're telling me. I'm worse than that. But I got Jesus. If you've been a dog and a pig, and you need to come to the gospel and be reminded about his goodness, you stand. No count. Just stand. Okay. Yeah. All right. Father I thank you for my friends I thank you for this message that I so desperately need God I need you to remind me of the gospel of how I am received and accepted in Christ remind me oh God of your love remind me that I can depend on you for forgiveness remind me that no matter what anybody sees in me it's far worse than whatever they see And help me, oh God, help us as a church, as a movement, to be ready to receive, to be humble and broken, and to rest in the gospel, for we do pray in Jesus' name.